Please do turn with me to Luke's Gospel in chapter 5 and to our reading. And the final verse is where I take the subject and title from this evening. Verse 26 of Luke 5. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things, remarkable things, unusual things today. This is a wonderful passage. I'm sure many of you know it well. The healing of the paralytic man. The man who was paralyzed probably from his waist downwards. He had no ability to walk. This isn't just a healing miracle. This is really a parable. All of the Lord Jesus' miracles... They also have spiritual lessons to them. He wasn't just healing the body. He was healing and he was forgiving and he was restoring a life to what he had intended for all of us to enjoy. Well, I want to consider tonight this parable, this miracle. I think it's both. It's recorded in both Matthew, Mark and Luke, three Gospels, and they give us very slightly different detail. There's no contradictions. These are eyewitness accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And when you put all the picture together, as we shall try to do tonight, we see a very rich narrative, full of detail, full of interesting lessons that I want to draw out. It's about a physical condition, and at the same time, a spiritual condition. The paralysis, the fact that the man couldn't walk, is a picture of the fact that the man had a spiritual need. And the Lord Jesus meets them both. He meets them both because the man had faith given to him, and he exercised it. Well, you'll notice tonight that the various words and headings that will guide us, all the words begin by the letter P. We'll think of privileges that some of the people had. We'll think of the power that the Lord Jesus had. We'll think of the paralysis that the man had, which led to a powerlessness. But he also had a persistence because of that, he was granted a pardon. And then he couldn't stop himself. He had to praise with his lips. He couldn't keep quiet. He had to tell others. And he went praising and glorifying his God. Seven Ps. We shall group some of them together. So let's look at these verses. We hear in verse 17, it came to pass on a certain day, the Lord Jesus was teaching. That's what he always did. He preached and he taught and there was a large crowd. And we see there sat within this house that there were the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the doctors of the law. That means they were scribes. They understood the law, or so they thought. 
and they were sitting by, but these were there to test him. They were not really there to listen. They were there to find fault. So our first heading, privileges abused. These men, they had so many advantages spiritually. Just think about it, they knew the first five books of the Bible. We call it the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And they knew those books inside out. They knew that God had created the world. They had no doubt about that. And that he chose to do so in six days. He could have done it in six minutes. But he chose to do it just by his word. Let there be light. And out of nothing, he creates material matter and order and light. Do you know the power that Christ has, as we shall consider? It's still in his word. The creation came by the word, and the recreation, the new birth, the healing of this man, and the forgiveness of sin, they still come by the power of the word of God, as we shall see. So these men, they knew the laws of God. They knew that they couldn't keep God's laws. We all know that deep down. We know we can't keep one of them for one day, for one hour. We're always going over the line. We're always twisting what God has said cutting corners, doing what suits us, and not following all of God's ways. And these men, of course, they knew the Old Testament prophecies. They knew there would be a saviour. They knew there would be a deliverer. They'd heard of Moses, the great deliverer that rescued the people of God out of Egypt. They had so many spiritual advantages. Do you know, I think we've got some here tonight. The very fact that you're here tonight, not to hear me, but the fact that you're in a place of worship where the word of God is read and opened and we try as far as we can to preach the word of God with authority, with authenticity, the word of God shining into the darkness of our hearts and this nation, you are privileged. The sad thing is, with these men, these Pharisees, they were privileged, but they abused their privileges. They tried to find fault. When they saw the man walking, they picked at what Christ had done. And they said, who can forgive but God? And they were right, because the man that healed, he is God, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a division in the crowd. There were those sitting, standing, standing outside, sitting on the windowsills, 
it was standing room only. And there were those that were watching and listening. And they knew this was the Son of God. They knew that they were sinners too. They knew that Christ was the Creator. And they knew that Christ alone had the power to change their life. And as they saw these strange, remarkable scenes unfold, it struck a chord in their heart. They knew that this was Christ. And they too must go to him. But these Pharisees, they represent the religious people, the people who wanted to find fault, the people that thought they were good enough to get to heaven their way. And they spurned their opportunities. What about you tonight? Are you privileged? Have you had a Christian family? Have you had a Bible in your home? Have you had the laws of God read to you? You know there's a creator. You've had the wonders of creation unfolded to your eyes. And yet, there's a danger that the privilege that you have is being spurned. It's being put to one side. These Pharisees, they come out of every town, it says. Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. And they come and sit and find fault. Sometimes people do that about the preacher. They look for the mistakes. They look for the inadequacies. There were no inadequacies with this preacher, with Christ. And the faults that they found were not faults at all. It was their faulty understanding. So privileges spurned. But look at this lovely term here. It says in verse 17, you can picture the room packed out. There is not a square foot to sit on. They're standing outside the door. Look what it says. The power of the Lord was present to heal. Pharisees, sinners, and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is in that room. That's what we want tonight, isn't it? You don't want to hear me. You want to know and to feel and to be convinced of the power of the Lord being present when his word is being taught and preached. Power to heal them. Notice the them. Who's the them? The Pharisees. The critics. Power. Privilege. Privilege spurned. And a power present. Power to heal because Christ is there. He had the same power that he had when he created the earth. He had the same power. When he walked on the water, he had the same power when he healed the lepers. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's present with them. And the people in the village know. They come 
Every house is emptied. They want to be there. And this poor man, this paralyzed man, he knows Christ is there. And he has the power to heal, the power to restore, the power to pardon. And that's still true today. The Lord Jesus has the power. His power is unchanged, undimmed. We may not be able to see him. The paralyzed man couldn't see him. But he knew there was power in that room that day. Power to heal. Power present. The power. But the problem was, in that room there was unbelief. Do you know, sometimes it wasn't enough that the Lord Jesus had the power. He said this in Matthew 13, verse 58, of his own town, Nazareth. He said he could do no great works there because of unbelief. And there in that room, there's a division. There are some that will believe. And there are some that have got such a hatred in their heart. And the Lord Jesus can't heal them because of unbelief. The greatest sin ever committed, unbelief, a blasphemy. The people that accuse him of blasphemy are guilty of it themselves because they won't believe. And so the Lord won't do any healing in their heart. On this occasion, there's both, isn't there? Unbelief and belief at the same time. Well, let's move on. We've seen privilege. We've seen power present. But the meat of this account is verse 18. And there are three Ps here. We notice paralysis, a powerless man, and we see his persist persistence. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken. It seems to suggest he wasn't born with it, but that maybe there'd been some accident, some illness, something had happened to him. We don't know. It's not important. But his life wasn't as it should be. What a picture. Is your life as God intended tonight? God would have you to walk with him. He'd have you to work for him. He'd have you to be useful, productive, to be free. But this man couldn't walk. He couldn't work. He wasn't free. He wasn't independent. He was dependent. But there was something about this man he wasn't satisfied with the way he was. He could have been. Some people, they make do for the whole of life. They live an inadequate life. They live a life that was a fraction of what God intended. And they make do. An inadequate life without God. With no communion with God. No walking with him. No prayer life. No obedience to his ways. This man, paralyzed, 
What a picture. Paralyzed spiritually. Stuck. Immobile. In one place most of the time. Not able to be free. Not able to work and to walk. Dependent upon four others. Oh, but there's hope for this man. Do you know the best thing about this man? Was he realized he was powerless. Problem with us is we think we can do anything. We live in a time where humanism is taught to children from the earliest age. Disney pumps into our ears, you can do it, just go for it. We teach our children that just the sky is the limit. Climb every mountain, ford every stream, follow every rainbow till you find your dream. But life isn't like that. We can't do it. We can't take our own sin away. We can't walk with God just because we desire to. But this man realized and he wasn't satisfied. He wanted spiritual life. He wanted proper physical life. He wanted what the Lord could give him. He was paralyzed and he was powerless. And he knew it. Do you know tonight, you have no power in your life. If you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no power. You're like a person with withered muscles, legs, but they don't work. A soul, but it doesn't function. It's just there. You're made different from the animals, but you don't use your soul. So this man, he'd come to a very good position. He didn't want to remain paralyzed. He knew he was powerless. He couldn't try and crawl along the pavement. He wouldn't have got there in time. He needed help. And help was on hand. There were four men. Four men who desired to take him to Christ. And how often through history... We find people who realize they're powerless and they ask somebody else, show me the way. Point me to Christ. Take me to Calvary. I'm helpless on my own. Maybe a Sunday school teacher, a parent, a friend, a pastor, somebody, please take me. Lift my bed. Take me to him. Verse 18. They sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Oh, how gracious God is. Sometimes he puts within our life a friend, a school friend, a teacher, somebody who can take us to Christ. And that's what these four men do. But there's another P here. They could have waited outside. It's full. The room is full. It's standing room only. No chance. Let's come back next week. 
but they sought means. They weren't going to give up. There was a barrier between this paralyzed man and his only hope. But the Lord Jesus knew what was going to happen and the Holy Spirit works within these men's hearts and they won't give up. There is prayer, there is desire. These four people, they bring him to Christ. What can we do? They climb up the stairs to the first floor. One of them does a recce. There's those tiles, we can lift them off. Surely, if we bring ropes, we can lower him down. Oh, the ingenuity, the persistence. They're not going to stop at anything. Sometimes people bring a relative, a husband, a wife, a daughter, a friend. They must get them to chapel. You've got to hear this message. Somebody told me this morning of a, a friend, a relative. They've just heard that they're dying of cancer. And the concern of this dear lady was to get the person to hear the gospel. Any means. And so these four men, they go up the stairs at the side of the house, they get to the roof, they can hear Christ's words, but they can't get near enough. They need to get his attention. They take the tiles off one by one. The house has got a tiled roof to let the heat out. The tiles were loose, evidently. And sooner or later, the hole is big enough. They lower him down. Dust falls from the roof. What a commotion. Everybody's looking up what's happening. The man is lowered down. It's unusual, isn't it? Normally when we need help, we're the ones that look up. This man lowers himself down on the stretcher with the help of his friends. Do you know if you desire healing, pardon, forgiveness, there needs to be persistence. Some of you have waited for too long. This man, he was probably paralyzed for some years, but he wasn't going to wait any longer. This was the day. Christ is here. We may not have another day. Never say another day will do for Jesus. And so they lower him down. Look at verse 20. This is faith, faith that's persistent, faith that won't give up, faith that won't stay at home, faith that gets friends to help, and Christ sees it. He sees the man, lower it down, make a space, and the man's there on his stretcher. What did he say to Christ? Nothing. His prayer is silent. Will he hear me? Will he see me? Oh, I'm sure he will. What will he do? Will he accept me? Will he push me away? No. Man. 
Another gospel says son, probably a reference to the fact that this was a Jewish man. He knew the way. And so he comes before Christ. And before he calls, the Lord has answered, Thy sins are forgiven thee. But the man's paralyzed. Surely he's come to walk. What's the first thing that Christ did on his three years of ministry? The first word is repentance. He preached repentance. And the man comes before him and he sees his great need is the forgiveness. He sees the man has got faith. Faith and repentance go together, hand in hand, Siamese twins, and the Lord Jesus sees the man's faith. Before he asks, he's forgiven. Pardon. That's the sixth P. Pardon. Pardon for sin. But we don't know what the man's sins were. We can't assume that he was paralyzed because he had sinned. Not all sickness, not all infirmity is because of sin. It can be. We can be so foolish. We can take to the bottle. We can cause so many problems because of our foolish ways. But we don't know that was the case here. We mustn't assume this man was a sinner. and The Lord knew it. So he sees. I think it's an astonishing, what a strange, remarkable thing. Man, thy sins are forgiven. No mention of his legs. He's more concerned with the soul. But at the same time, the spiritual need and the physical need are met at one and the same time. We pass over what the Pharisees said. And the Lord Jesus challenges them and says, well, what's harder, to heal physically or to forgive? It's a rhetorical question. The answer's obvious. Some claim to heal, but only the Lord Jesus can forgive. And so he challenges their false theology. Verse 25, here's the healing. And immediately he's heard the call, arise, get up, and immediately it's instant. There's no doubt about it. The man has exercised faith. He's come to Christ. He's overcome all the barriers to, to, to salvation. And he's come before the Lord Jesus Christ. And his faith has been rewarded tonight. What about your own heart? Are you paralyzed? Not living as God intended? You're like a beggar, sat at the wayside, unable to walk. You need to come to Christ tonight. That's where there's power. That's where there's pardon. That's where your life can be as God intended. Look at the power, meeting the powerlessness of the man. Immediately he rose up and he carries the bed. 
that he was carried on. And here's the final P. What does he do? He goes home and tells nobody. No, it doesn't say that. He waits for five years. Keeps it to himself. It doesn't say that. He doesn't mention it to his wife. No, it doesn't say that. Verse 25. He departs. He goes to his own home. He tells his wife, his children. He says, look at me. You saw me yesterday. You saw me this morning. Look at me now. Christ has changed my life. He's forgiven me. And all glory to God. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what he's done for me. And the first word, you know what he said? He spoke about my sin. What about your sin? He says to his wife, to his children, to his neighbors. He's praising God. He won't keep quiet. I'm sure that's what it means. He goes home. He wants to tell anyone and everyone. He glorifies God tonight. If you know the forgiveness of sin in your heart, if you exercise faith in Jesus Christ, don't keep it to yourself. Don't go home and be quiet for 5, 10, 15 years. Don't wait for anyone. Go and tell everyone. He glorified God. Verse 26. We finish with where we began. And they were all amazed. Staggered. They can't believe it. This man's walking. This man has got life that he never realized he would have. And the whole room that was packed is filled with fear, godly fear. We have seen remarkable things, strange things, things we've never seen before, unusual things. Power has beaten privilege. Power has beaten powerlessness. And pardon and praise have gone together. And the paralysis has disappeared because this man, he pictures salvation. Would that be true of someone tonight that you walked in impotent, powerless, paralyzed, and you go out tonight knowing your sins have been forgiven. And you go out walking with Christ, walking, leaping, praising God. This is what he has done for me today. And others testify, we have seen remarkable things today. May it be so for someone tonight that you rejoice over sins forgiven. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before thee tonight powerless. None of us can save ourselves. We can do nothing. We thank thee that faith is a gift, and all we have to do is to exercise it, to turn from sin, and to love the Saviour, 
and to look to him and to ask for help. And then the Lord Jesus will hear us and heal us and restore us and give us a power that we've never had. And we will go home rejoicing and praising God. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his sake. Amen.